On this final episode in the series, it's time to talk about the need for a new Shades Cahaba. Welcome to the Shades Cahaba Oral History Project. I'm your host, Sean Wright. In 1942, with the country fighting wars in Europe and the Pacific, Homewood could no longer ignore the fact that Shades Cahaba was getting a little old in the tooth and it would have to be replaced in the next decade. The Homewood City Council began addressing the problem with Councilman Lewis Williams reporting, For the past five years, there's been something like a net gain of 500 new families in Homewood, and most of them have from three to five children of school age. The council decided to meet with Jefferson County Board of Education and let them know that they have not been tending to the needs of schools in Homewood. A report was completed by the spring of 1943. Homewood was willing to help finance the construction of a new high school, but Superintendent Dr. John E. Bryan felt that the idea was ridiculous. Their own study had shown that their enlargement and improvement plans for Jefferson County schools was adequate. You see, Shades Cahaba and other schools had been built so that they could be expanded, and they just wanted to add one more wing onto the old building. When student population at Shades Cahaba topped 1,000 in the mid-40s, area citizens demanded the finest high school and would accept nothing less. I've mentioned before that Shades Cahaba now has a student population in the low 500s, and there is more room now than the school had in the 1940s. When the citizens demanded such a high school, Dr. Bryan countered that a champagne school could not be built on a beer pocketbook. In his defense, the school system was not in a position to start building everywhere there was crowding going on. The war was still raging and would not end until September 1945, and resources were going to that effort. There was talk about Homewood and the newly incorporated Mountain Brook getting together with the county to build the school. In January 1945, the mayors of the two cities applied to the Bureau of Educational Research at the University of Alabama to begin a feasibility study. The study came out favorably to the idea. Committees were put together to explore the possibility of a special election to finance the city's part and to help educate the public on the need for a new school and why they should pass it. The headline of the Shades Valley Sun for April 20, 1945 read, Recommend new $500,000 high school for Shades Valley. The wheels were starting to turn. Two years later, the cities voted in favor of a five-mill tax, some of which was for their part of the new school. Now, I have always been impressed with Homewood residents stepping up to support the needs of the schools. It has been that way since before Homewood became Homewood. But in this case, the public was a little lackadaisical about it. Turnout was very low, and the tax passed with 278 votes for and 125 votes against. The Jefferson County Board of Education purchased some swampland in the Sweetwater Park Survey, which was just outside the Birmingham city limits. Now, some of you have no idea where this property is. It would have been just to the east of the Rosedale neighborhood, that was eventually bulldozed for the Red Mountain Expressway. It is directly north of Hermosa Drive and the beginning of Ponciana Drive in Hollywood. The school was on the other side of Highway 280. The BB&T Bank Building is built on the corner of that property, which faces Highway 280 
as it connects to the Red Mountain Expressway. The YMCA Mountain Brook is at the back of the property. It's also next to the Birmingham Zoo. Now, the zoo was built in 1955, a few years after the high school was built. The school project was started with a winning bid of $2,100,000, much higher than the $500,000 floated by the Shades Valley Sun and Homewood leaders a few years before. Frank Peek, formerly principal of Hewitt Trustville High School, was appointed principal of the new school. He worked out of the Homewood City Hall until the school was built. Horton Chambly and Oida Hightower, teachers and counselors at Shades Cahaba, became counselors at the new school, and Coach Piggy Mitchell went to be the new football coach. Everything is great. There's a new modern school, plenty of room for growth. Everyone's happy, right? Wrong. The Board of Education decided to leave the name Shades Cahaba with the elementary school, and they chose Shades Valley as the name of the new high school. They did take the Mountaineers mascot and red and black colors to the new school. Now this is the same time that the owl took flight from the roof of Shades Cahaba. Rumor has it that they had hoped to move it to Shades Valley, but they did not want it. There was also rumor that the administration tired of students climbing up and pouring paint on the owl as a prank. You can hear the story in episode 13 all about the Shades Cahaba owl. A letter signed by more than 1,600 students and graduates protested the name change. The Homewood City Council, Shades Valley Exchange Club, and Shades Valley Athletic Association presented resolutions to the board requesting that the name be kept Shades Cahaba High School. None of it worked. Now, for those of us who came to the school much later, I would like to say that we are very happy to have the name Shades Cahaba. What would they have changed the school name to? East Homewood Elementary? Of course, Hollywood Elementary does have a nice ring to it. Shades Cahaba High School graduated their last class around the 1st of June, 1949, and on September 7th, 8th, and 9th, the rest of the students registered for Shades Valley at the Homewood City Hall. Shades Valley High School opened its doors to 870 students and 44 teachers on September 12, 1949. Now remember my conversation with Michael Gross about the beginning of the Homewood school system? Things were not in place, construction was continuing on the new school, and the teachers had to make do with what they had. Same with Shades Valley. When classes started, only the West Wing was completed, which contained the offices, library, and ten classrooms. The library housed seven classes and two other classes met in school buses. Other students sat in chairs and desks in the hallway. The band and graphic art department continued to use the facilities at Shades Cahaba. And the Shades Cahaba field hosted one more year of athletic competitions. There was also no parking or landscaping at Shades Valley. Teachers and students had to park in the surrounding neighborhoods and walk through muddy fields and construction debris to get to class. The rest of the school was completed before the first year was out and the auditorium was the last piece, completed just in time for graduation in 1950. The school was built to ease overcrowding at Shades Cahaba and to be a much more modern facility. Despite this, the post-war baby boom was greater than the planning allowed for. Original enrollment was 870 in fall of 1949. It was 1,456 in 1955 and 1,701 in 1956. 
Within six short years, the student population had doubled in size and had outgrown the facility. The school had been built for 1,500 students. Now, this isn't a Shades Valley podcast, but I will tell you a little more about the history of the school. It was expected to be, and it was, the showplace of the South. The curriculum placed emphasis on college prep. The school had successful athletics teams, student organizations, and the College Board recognized it as one of the outstanding secondary schools in the nation. Shades Valley was designed to serve students from across Homewood, Mountain Brook, Vestavia Hills, and Hoover. Now, to relieve overcrowding, Barry High School was opened in 1959 for Vestavia and Hoover students. Eventually, both of these cities created their own school systems. Mountain Brook created their own school system in 1966, and Homewood created theirs in 1970. At this point, Shades Valley was landlocked in Homewood, and it served students who lived elsewhere and had to drive across town to the school. In 1996, Shades Valley relocated to Old Leeds Road in the Irondale community, and the original school was demolished. Shades Cahaba outlived the building that was built to replace it. Thank you for listening to and supporting this podcast. Now, this will be the last regularly scheduled episode in this series. Now, my goal is to continue at least through the end of the school year, but with coronavirus and the social isolation, it is making it harder to interview people. This seems like a good place to stop. Now, the school opened its doors 100 years ago this September, so I plan to post stories leading up to that day. If an opportunity comes up for a good interview, I will certainly do them, and you'll see them in your social media feeds. I've had a blast learning about the beginnings of Shades Cahaba and hearing the stories that were shared with me. I thank them for sharing the stories then, but I want to thank them one last time. To Don Harbor, a friend who just happened to mention he went to Shades Cahaba and agreed to be my guinea pig as first interview. I learned how to produce podcasts on that episode. Herb Griffin. 1948 graduate of Shades Cahaba. I've probably known Herb most of my life just being around Trinity United Methodist Church and knowing his kids. He is a wealth of Homewood knowledge. We're lucky to have him. Thank you to the Homewood teachers. Principal John Lowry, Principal Sue Grogan, Kindergarten teacher Laura Estes, Superintendent Bill Cleveland. They have been more than supportive of this podcast, and I learned so much about Shades Cahaba through their stories. To Jean Reed Woodward, one of my fifth grade teachers at Shades Cahaba. Even though she moved to Edgewood soon after and didn't spend much time at Shades Cahaba, she's been a great support to me, passing along names and contact information and just being a big supporter of the podcast. Thanks, Jean. When I first decided to do this project, I contacted John Lowry and asked if the school was planning to celebrate the 100-year anniversary, and he suggested I contact PTO President Alexa McElroy. I was lucky to work with her and the rest of the PTO on the centennial celebration to kick off the school year. I appreciate the support she gave me and this podcast. Thank you, Herman Maxwell, for reaching out to me and telling me your story. Herman was one of the first black children to attend Shades Cahaba in the 1960s, and it made for one of my more popular episodes. Herman was also on the Homewood High School State Championship football team in 1974. Now, it didn't take long to realize that I couldn't talk about the beginnings of a new high school in what would become Homewood without talking about the beginning of the Homewood school system in 1970 and the opening of Homewood High School in 1973. 2020 
is the 50th anniversary of the Homewood School System. Shades Cahaba students moved to Shades Valley High School in the fall of 1949, and the high school exists to this day, just in another part of town. The Homewood students came back from Shades Valley to start Homewood High School, so it has been my belief that the school is descended from Shades Cahaba as well. Now, some may disagree with this opinion, but they can make their own podcast. I decided I needed to talk with former Homewood High School principal and superintendent, Michael Gross, to find out the story of the school and the beginnings of the school system. He was my principal during my freshman year, and I was looking forward to talking with him. I was able to get his phone number, and he was more than helpful and accommodating. Thank you for talking with me, Mr. Gross. He mentioned that he was writing the foreword to a book being written by former Homewood High School student and football player Wade Kirkpatrick about that state championship team. He suggested that I contact him, and I did. Thank you, Wade Kirkpatrick, for talking with me about that championship team. It is a unique story among other championship teams. Now, Wade has written a book called Fighting Patriots, The First Three Years of Homewood High School Football. The book just came out, and you can order it at bookbaby.com. Now, when things get back to normal, you should be able to find it at some local bookstores. Proceeds go to support a great cause. I was able to read a final edit, and it is a great story. I have links to the book on the website and the Facebook page. Thank you, Ken Kirk, for talking to me about your great-grandmother, Ida Tyler, who was a longtime manager of the Shades Cahaba Lunchroom. I'd always had a plan to do a Lunchroom episode, so it was surprising to find out this connection with someone I've known most of my life. Finding out about the story of the owl was the hardest story in this series. No one seemed to really know the story, and somewhere along the way, someone suggested I contact Dale Turnbow. Thanks, Dale, for helping me tie up some loose ends on the owl. She had written about the owl for a 1978 Birmingham Post-Herald article. And finally, thank you, Cheryl Sumi, and to all the people mentioned in the acknowledgments of your book, Homewood, Life of a City. Your book was a huge help to this project. I couldn't have done it without it. I decided I needed to interview Cheryl, but I had no idea where she was. She was new to the Birmingham area at the time the book was written 20 years ago. Would she even be around? Well, thanks to the internet, I found her teaching at Advent Episcopal School in downtown Birmingham. Through some of my Advent friends, I was able to contact her, and she agreed to come on the podcast. Come to find out, she's been living right here in Homewood the whole time. There are a lot of you out there who deserve many thanks, and if I didn't mention you, thank you for your support. After all these stories, I don't think I've told you my connection with Shades Cahaba. Now, I attended pre-kindergarten through first grade at All Saints Episcopal School. We lived just down the street in Edgewood on Primrose Place. It was pretty convenient. Now, during spring of that first grade year, we moved to Kensington Road. My parents decided to send me the next year to the public school, which, due to the location on Kensington, was Shades Cahaba. I went there, and my younger brother went there. Both of my children went to school there, and my youngest is just finishing up his fifth grade year. Unfortunately, he is doing it online and not in those hallowed halls of Shades Cahaba. I'm excited for his future, but I'm sad that my time at Shades Cahaba is over. Now, I do know one thing. The school is going nowhere, and hopefully the owl is there for good. Now, this has been a passion project of mine, and nothing has driven me more than an interest in the school and wanting to know the history that I've been able to have some really great conversation with students, teachers, and friends of Shades Cahaba has been a bonus. 
Now, this series may be coming to an end, but I hope to be telling more stories and other podcasts I have planned. Be on the lookout for those. And once again, thank you for listening to the Shades Cahaba Oral History Project. I'm your host, Sean Wright. <laughs>